All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. We took a week off, and I hope you all have Halloween kills out of your system. I was hitting up Piz, and I said, Piz, dude, we have got to cleanse the Internet's palate and talk about, I'm already going to get dislikes, a better horror franchise. Uh, we uh, need we need to give the Internet a Halloween, in, a Halloween kills enema. Just flush it all out. <laughs> Nick, would you agree? Uh, <laughs> wait, uh, not, you know what my favorite franchise is, but yes, we well, I mean, I, I'm just, yeah, let's, the, yeah, yeah, let's just get off of it. Let's get away yeah. from the arguing and the, the, all that let's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Let's get it out it's, of the system. It's time. Let's talk the greatest era Friday, right? Of course. Yes. The yes. golden era. Yeah. Golden mm-hmm. era. Uh, Piz, everything's been going good. How's the hockey mask business doing? The uh, painting still painting. It's doing good. Yeah, I've got two. I just finished um, a part five and a part eight. They're going out uh, tomorrow. So, yeah, I've got uh, several more to do. So it's it's the busy season. Are we ever going to get into the uh, Chrome Jason Goes to Hell theater uh, poster masks? I, I've, I've done a couple of those in the past. Okay. I don't know if I've ever seen you post about it. Maybe you have. Maybe you haven't. I don't know. It's, it, it's been a ways back, actually. Yeah, I've not done one in a while. Okay, well, that sounds great. I'll have to look out for those. Uh, Nick, how are we doing up there, man? Uh, well, Piz can relate because we both, he's Kentucky, I'm Ohio. Um, the weather change has brought upon the great sinus infection season. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just feeling fantastic these past few days. I love the start of fall and the start of spring. It's just my favorite. Um but, you know, aside from that, pretty good. I uh, went to Foy's yesterday and uh, shouted you out, Piz, because uh, I saw, obviously, your video from April when you and Jeremy went there. The place was crawling with people. It was insane. But uh, that is a place that if you make it, ever make it up to the Midwest, Christian, you got to check it out because they do I'd that entire to. town square for Halloween. It's insane. Oh, I would love to. I would love to piss. Have you ever been there during Halloween time or no, I would planned on going sometime this. I was actually going to go, I think last weekend, but something came up and I couldn't make it. And I don't think I'm going to be able to make it up there for, cause it, is it, is it already over? Have they done the, like no, the, the, the festival is the weekend of Halloween. So it's always okay. the weekend before, but since okay. it falls on a Sunday, it'll be the 30th and 31st. Okay. See, I thought, I thought like they would did like these periodic, like, like, cause I mean, like they've got all the, the Halloween stores open. Cause the last yeah. time I was there, the general store was open and the Halloween store across the street was not open, Yeah, but the general store are open now. All, all all, okay. See, yep. that's, that's, I would have liked to have seen that. And then of course, you know, like the, the, the block party would have been cool. Yeah. I took a, there's like a good minute portion of this video that I'm going to post tomorrow. It's just me going over every minute detail on the Friday, the, or the uh, Nightmare Pinball Machine. The thing mm. is just gorgeous. Oh, man. I got up close with it. I did that for you, Christian. I was like, Christian yeah. watches my videos, so he'll appreciate this. But yeah, I got a real good look at that thing. Uh, I don't know. You said you went to the general store, so I don't know the the like museum store that they have with all the coolest collectibles they got a leather face bust up on the wall and chucky and tiffany painted on the wall um they don't want you to record in there so i could only get a little bit of footage i i don't think i i don't see the one that i went into had a lot of cool collectible stuff a lot of masks and 
um, like the Zoltar machine in the back. I don't know if that's the yes. same thing. The, the woman had, I, I walked around filming openly and the woman who was there didn't seem to care. Yeah. They don't care there, but the one across the street that has the nightmare pinball machine and stuff like that, there's a sign on the door when you walk in, no recording, but oh, unfortunately wow. for them, the associate was in the other half. So I may have recorded a little bit. Um, I <laughs> well, I told my wife, I was like, I don't want to get the sign that says no recording on camera. She's like, why? I was like, because it just seems disrespectful. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, you, you've got to, when you go to conventions, there's certain areas of conventions they don't want you to film. So you've got to be a little surreptitious about how you film. Mm -hmm. So I've gotten pretty good about, you know, hiding the camera and, you know, being yeah. sneaky about it. That's when you get the front shirt pocket. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, yeah. Or, you know, you act, you, you act like you're doing something on the phone, but really you're filming ever like you're playing a game, but yep. you're really filming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it was cool, man. It was cool. I enjoyed it. Uh, their masks, I think, dump on any other stores masks I've seen. I mean, they, they just had insane masks. They had this whole Krampus that's like the hood and everything. And it was like $300, but wow, things awesome. So I think you'll appreciate the video for sure. Cool. Sounds great. All right, guys, uh, today's going to be fun. We are finally doing our Crystal Lake Memories Part 2. Uh, this is the New Line Cinema and Remake era of one Jason Voorhees. Uh, if you haven't seen Part 1, I implore you to go watch that one net first because it was a good episode. It's, it's our highest viewed episode on Spotify, as a matter of fact. It was close with Lee. The Halloween one, but but every time Lee gets ahead, I'll check it again, and Pizzal just knocks him right out. <laughs> so, what, what can what can he say, right? But it was a fun episode. We had a great time going over our earliest memories and or first memories of said film. So I'm very excited because uh, I was in cognition for the majority of these. So I actually do have legitimate memories, and of course, Biz does as well. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll start with Jason Goes to Hell. The first movie of Jason Voorhees in the New Line era. Piz, you want to give people just a little bit of a history lesson. What happened at the end of uh, Jason Takes Manhattan with Paramount Pictures? Paramount was done. Uh, Jason Takes Manhattan did not make money. And um, it, it the series had been on a decline for a while. And uh, Paramount was not, uh, you know, it, it wasn't a prestige series for them. So a lot of people in, in Paramount hated the series. They hated being the home of the series and they wanted done with the series. And after Jason takes Manhattan failed at the box office, they were like, he's done. So that's when uh, Cunningham got the rights back and took him to new line. Mm -hmm. And this is where we enter 1993's Jason goes to hell now piz i know your story and it's a good one so i'm gonna save you last for this nick what, what do you remember about jason goes uh straight to hell as it's called i was, I was gonna say are you gonna you're gonna call it what you always jason, call it jason goes straight to hell yeah <laughs> uh this actually was probably probably the last one i saw and i probably didn't see this one until i was like 18 like i don't know if it got lost in the shuffle or whatever because a lot of people don't talk about it believe it or not i mean i, I know you guys know that People talk about the very the very ending of the movie with Freddie's, you know, glove, and they're like, "Oh, here we go!" Like, um, and we all know that that toiled in development hell for ten plus years. But yeah, man, I was not a fan. 
when I first saw it. Um, I just didn't like it. I know everybody loves Creighton Duke, man. And like, he's one of the better characters in the movie. Um, so he makes it a little bit watchable. I like, you know, the, you know, the heart getting eaten. Uh, that that's pretty gnarly. Um, you know, there's some cool kills. There's some cool effects, but, um, yeah, I remember seeing it. I was probably about 17, 18 and I just was really underwhelmed. And I actually thought that goes to hell was like the last one before the remake until my buddy, Tommy was like, Oh no, this was the start of the new line like era. And I was like, Oh, well, that would make sense because um, they Freddie and Jason haven't met yet. Um, and believe it or not, I mean, we'll get to the later ones, but I thought it got better. But uh, it's my least favorite Friday movie. Uh, I watched it again a few weeks ago just to kind of re, I don't know, get get the juices flowing for Jason Goes to Hell again. And I just, I don't hate it, but, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, Christian. It's not as bad to me as Freddie's dead. Um, but, you know, okay. eh. And one thing I wanted to add real quick, let's let's change things up. Instead of rating like we did before, let's hold off on that. And we're going to rank. Just go ahead. It's only a few movies. I want to rank them, each of us, from worst to best. How many movies we got? One. We got four movies. Let's just rank them. I think that'll be that'll be fun. Um, I'll go. I'll come in real quick. I remember vividly as a kid seeing the promotional stuff at Blockbuster all the time. There were, uh, when I was, I'm talking really young. My grandma is a horror movie fan, Stephen King, Dean Koontz book fan. And I can recall all the time taking us to the uh, video stores and seeing a wall, just like 10 each of just Jason Goes to Hell VHSs. And it was the most amazing thing to see as a kid, just these fiery red VHS tapes all just stacked together. And in my head, I was like, this has to be the scariest movie I've ever seen. But I never did get to see it till man, it was probably 2005 or six on Sci-Fi Channel or something. And even then, it was it was the edited version. And I had no opinion of it of as a kid. I, I couldn't make it out at that age. I had no idea what to think about the movie at all. Obviously, it would change over years, but I'll save that for the end. But the promotional stuff was amazing to me as a kid for Jason goes to hell. The, 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 the standees I used to see, I remember seeing a massive standee basically of the VHS tape, if memory serves and little tabletop ones at, at the video store is a little one. And it was black with the Chrome mask on it. And it was, had some kind of tagline. Maybe Piz can remember if he's seen it, but as a kid, I, the visual stimuli I get thinking about the promotional mater- material for Jason goes to hell was awesome. So, Makes me miss that every time I think about that stuff. It just makes me like just I was we're the last VHS, you know, rental era. And these kids will never understand what it was like to go to a place like that and see stuff you cannot see on the Internet. This tangible, yeah. real stuff cannot be replaced. I miss it so much. But massively great peripheral memories around the movie. Not so much the movie itself, but peripherally, the promotional stuff was just amazing. So I have great warm fuzzy feelings about jason goes to hell regardless of the film but that's that's what i've got going on piz why don't you take us back and i know what this is going to be but this is going to be a great story to take it away well i remember like i mean i i was growing up when those movies um were coming out but i don't remember ever seeing any kind of promotional stuff for them on tv like you know tv spots or i don't even really remember seeing like promotional stuff for them at the video store until jason goes to hell 
And I remember very vividly seeing the trailer for the first time with the silver, with the chrome mask and thinking like, holy crap, Jason's mask is like silver now. Awesome. Um, but yeah, that, that got, that got me super hyped up. And even then as a kid, I knew like, hold on, wait a minute. So Jason, Jason was at Paramount. Now he's at New Line with, with Freddie. Oh man. Um, but yeah, so I, I, the first time I saw the film, it was my very, it was the first Friday, the 13th I saw in the theater. It was also the very first movie I saw in the theater period. Um, so I was, oh gosh, it came out in what? 92, 93. When did it come out? I believe it was three. Yeah. Three. So I was 12, 13 years old at this time. And, um, Sunday evening after church, me and some of the other, uh, youngsters in the youth group, we all said, Hey, let's go watch Jason goes to hell, which I mean is, you know, it's the appropriate thing to do after church, right? Let's go watch Jason goes to hell. So we talked one of the guy's moms into taking us to the theater to watch Jason goes to hell. So we all loaded in the back of her van. I remember they ran me to my house so I could run in and get money for a ticket because I didn't have any money on me. So they ran me to my house. I ran in, ran in and, you know, I was like, mom, mom, I'm going to watch Jason goes to hell. I need some money. And, um, anyway, so we get to, you know, we, we go watch Jason goes to hell. The, the guy's mother and his younger sister went and watched uh, hocus pocus and we all loaded into Jason goes to hell. And my memory of it is absolutely packed theater. Um, the crowd reacting, uh, the crowd reaction was bonkers. Um, every kill, every jump, um, at the end when, when Freddie's glove comes up out of the ground, the, the whole theater just exploded. You know, I swear my head bounced off the ceiling. I was just so, it was just such an experience and yeah. So that was, that was my very first movie theater going experience. My first Friday, the 13th experience in the theater. And yeah, it was after church. It was after church, me and the youth group went and watched Jason goes to hell. I mean, um, I've told people that over the years and, and some people think I'm lying about it and I'm like, well, you, you can, whatever you want, but yeah. Or, or one, one guy said, that's, you stole that story. I heard somebody tell that story on dead pit and I was like, yeah, that was me. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my, and, and I, and I, I finally got to tell Adam Marcus that story at a convention and, um, he just, he, he loved it. So. I, th- I remember the first time I heard you tell the story, you're like, so I went from church straight to hell. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That was it. That was Jesus, it. man. That, that has got to be the funniest thing I have ever heard. Yeah. You know, hey mom, and, how was church? I'm good. Can we go? I'm going to see Jason goes to hell now. And there, I, I, the way that I remember it, there was absolutely no complaints from this guy's mom. She was just like, "Okay, let's go." You know, we went straight from the church parking lot to the theater and into Jason goes to hell. So, and you had obviously seen the the eight movies by that point yeah i'd I'd, I'd seen them all at that point at least at least a couple of times sure and as a kid was there any um i'm i'm assuming on being on top of it being a, a debut theater experience and it also being jason uh, it, it might, I, I don't want to say cloud your judgment of the film do you think it clouded your judgment a little bit was there any like where's jason or were you just so, you know, I was, I was just so on cloud nine, um, watching a, 
a Jason movie in the theater. And again, like I said, the, the, the theater experience was so good because packed everybody reacting. And, um, I didn't, you know, all the little things that people hate about that movie, the, the body hopping and all that stuff. I, I, I never minded it. I don't mind it then. I don't mind it now. I mean, that the movie's got issues, but the the body hopping stuff. I mean, I, the fact that they did try to do something different with the ninth movie. Um, I mean, it was a ballsy move. It does. It doesn't always pay off, but I I don't have any issues with it. I I, I like it. I, I I like the fact that it opened up the story. We never really got to see much of Crystal Lake, the town. Um. And it really opened up the story where we're, we're in Crystal Lake, the camp, then we're at the Voorhees house, then we're at the diner, then we're at the police station. Uh, I really liked that, that aspect of it. Um, the action elements in it, I thought were handled pretty well. And the movie's got a decent sense of humor. So I've always just had a great time with Jason goes to hell. Yeah. I think Adam Marcus has such a good sense of humor you know, I, I, he clearly has got a good taste just in films. One of my favorite parts of the of the movie, it's so pro wrestling in its approach, but visually it's the funniest thing when I forget the, the reporter's name. He's the Bruce Campbell lookalike that, mm-hmm. you know, he's a, he's Jason at this point. Adam Marcus himself is a policeman in the mm. police station and the, the Bruce Campbell look like opens the door and bunch and bursts in and Adam goes, Hey you. And he just walks slowly to him. The Bruce Campbell look like just gets him by the shoulder and just holds him. And Adam Marcus is just, this has completely incapacitated Adam. He can't use his other arm to grab him. And he just, he's kind of by the shoulder and he walks like 15 feet. And then finally he gets thrown over the counter. That is my favorite. One of my favorite moments ever i think it's such an underrated hilarious funny moment i love adam i think he is one of the most hilarious guys i this movie make it made so much more sense to me after i saw interviews with him and how he talked and stuff i love adam he is one that's one of my favorite interviews you've done it's what he's one of my favorite friday the 13th directors period he, he didn't take anything he took he he takes jason seriously he loves the series but he knew you can't you can't take this seriously. I mean, if you're damned, if you do damned, if you don't anyway, right, this is the ninth mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. I just think he, I think he was ahead of his time a little bit. Mm. Yeah. I mean, he's very open and he's very candid and he knows that the movie has some issues and, um, you know, he, um, I don't agree with everything that he has to say about the movie, but I, again, I mean, I, I applaud him for, for doing something really ballsy and, trying something different with the ninth movie. And, um, I, I've always loved it. And, um, would it be, would it be fair to say that Jason goes to hell is the Halloween kills of the Friday, the 13th series? Um, well, I think, I think I had called it the Saint anger of the Halloween films yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe maybe Jason goes to hell is a Saint anger of the Friday, the 13th. Maybe it is. It's, it's that one that, that, that kind of separates people. If you, you kind of, you either love it or you hate it. There's very little like, yeah, it was all right. It's like you either kind of, you know, um, so I like Saint anger. So, you know, I'll just, I'll just throw my hat in the ring there. I've always liked Saint anger. (laughs) So that means you like Jason goes to hell. I, well, I was going to say really quick to what Piz was saying, like 
I don't take Jason Goes to Hell as like a lazy film that was devoid of any like ideas or anything like that. No, it's actually like you got pretty much copy paste in most of the movies before this, for better or worse. It was a lot of the same setup. This was definitely different. Like they absolutely tried something different. Um, and I think credit needs to be given to, um, you know, the filmmakers and everybody involved because nine movies into a franchise, a horror franchise, uh, no less to do that with a new studio too, backing you. Like if it backfires entirely, <laughs> it could be screwed. Like, mm -hmm. um, you know, respect to them. It's, it, I don't think it's a bad movie. You know, I, there are movies that are bad movies. I just, it was never one that I really got into. Maybe part of it is just because I didn't see it when I was a kid. You know, I, I didn't have that nostalgia for it. That's why part three is my favorite because that was the, one of the first ones I ever saw. And I just had, and it scared me. I had a blast with it. So mm -hmm. yeah, Jason goes to hell. You know, if, if people like it, that's awesome. I don't think it's a bad movie. I really don't. I just, there's a lot of fun movies in this franchise and, you know, the next one's fun too. Okay, well, well, Piz, let's kind of set the stage on. Before we do that, excuse me, I wanted to. We, I, since we have less films, we could we could break things down just a hair more. Um, there, this kind of took the Friday the Thirteenth community by storm when at a convention, some a fan stood up and asked Sean Cunningham, "Hey, did you tell Adam Marcus to take the? I think the quote is take the damn hockey mask out of the film and and Sean." gets up on stage or he's on stage and he goes, that's an effing lie. Um, now I don't want to speak for everybody here, but I've watched that clip and I continued that clip to where I think a lot of people would X out of it. And sh after that, Sean doesn't seem to be so serious about the statement in a way he seems to maybe, maybe Sean just doesn't remember it. Maybe he did say that, but he was just being entertaining and funny but I don't think Sean took it as seriously as the. I don't think he he meant it as serious as people might think. Especially mm -hmm. when you watch the the documentaries on the, the Friday box set, he talks good about Adam. Mm -hmm. I think I think this might have been blown out of proportion. Do you think? Do you do you feel the same way or? Um, I know Adam Marcus takes it very seriously. He he took it very seriously that that he was called a liar. Um. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I kind of believe Adam Marcus because Adam Marcus is not the first person who I've heard say, you know, Sean doesn't like the mask because the mask wasn't like a creation of his. And the mask is like something. I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's like, it's, it's something that wasn't supposed to be a big deal, but it became a big deal. Um, so I've, I've heard from other people that Sean's not, not, he doesn't like the, he doesn't like the hockey mask. So I kind of believe out of Marcus and whether Cunningham was joking or not, maybe he was, I don't know, but I mean, Marcus take, took it very seriously. When I had him on my channel, he was, you Pretty just hot. mentioned that to him and you, he gets hot and um, yeah. Yo, I totally believe that it, it happened. I just, I, I, I just wonder if Sean, was just having fun with the audience because after he makes the statement in this, at this convention, he's just like, ah, oh, well, you know, we had some different ideas and we went with something that Adam really got behind his story. And that's what, where the movie went. Like he doesn't mm -hmm. straight up just say it, but I think, I feel like he was having fun a little bit, but you're totally right. But I also think to Sean's credit, he, he got wise pretty quick because the next movie has a hell of a ton of a hockey mask in it, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think part of that too is, one, you're probably never going to get Sean to 
openly admit that knowing how important that mask is to the franchise and to the fans, you know, that might seem blasphemous to a lot of people and rightfully so, but two, I almost kind of wonder, do you think a part of that was this, and I'm not saying this is the case, but do you think there is some kind of complex there with Sean over the years of wanting to differentiate himself from Victor Miller, wanting to be, more a Sean Cunningham thing and not so much an original Friday the 13th creation thing. Like I know if I were a filmmaker or an artist of any kind, and and I was always compared to what some may argue was someone else's creation. You know what I mean? Like you think maybe that plays into it too. Like maybe he did want the mask to get out of the movie because, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. kind of rambling, but it's just a question. You know, I don't know if that plays into it at all. I, I I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, you know, honestly, I think Sean is very business when it comes to the series. And as far as the um, content of the movies, I think he maybe cares a little less about that and a little more about the money aspect of it. Because um, everybody that I've ever heard talk about Sean Cunningham, including people I've had on my channel, they tell you know, he's he's a great producer. That's the thing they said, but he's a great producer and he loves the art of the deal. He loves making those deals. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Sounds a little Carpenter-esque to me. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. I don't think there's there's anything wrong with that. that. No. He's made a lot of money off of Friday the 13th. I mean, he lives in a – he lives in a – he lives in a house that was owned by Michael Jackson. He bought it from Michael Jackson. That wasn't cheap. That's that's the that's that went from Michael Jackson's house to Jason's house. That's the house that Jason built, or the house yeah. that Jason bought, I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also think it could be a little bit of not wanting to mess with Freddy versus Jason, which was why he got the rights back in the first place. He really wanted to he wanted to make money to make that movie. So, you know, I would love for him to actually just really talk talk about it. But you know, that, regard- I mean. That- it, it, it was smart on his part because he he saw that Paramount was out. They wanted out, and he said, "Fine, give me the rights. I'll take them someplace else." And he knew that you know, at New Line, he could make the Freddy versus Jason movie happen, and that would be big money for him. And eventually, it was. All right. Well, let's go ahead and start moving on. Uh, but Piz, let's do it this way. Let's kind of set the stage. Nineteen ninety three is done. You are high on Friday the Thirteenth. You just saw the latest chapter you see the ending of this movie was that the longest what seven eight next years of your life before you ever saw jason again oh gosh honestly i don't remember i just you know after that everybody that's what on the ride home that's what everybody was talking about was freddie versus jason it's finally gonna happen who's gonna win there was team freddie team jason it was like you know this is gonna happen tomorrow and i mean it just it never happened. And I don't remember, I mean, I don't really have much of a memory of like, you know, pining for the next Jason movie or, you know, when's this Freddy versus Jason movie going to happen? Um, I think there for a while, I kind of got, I don't think I was quite as rabid when it came to horror, to be honest. I mean, you know, I was in high school and I had other things on my mind. So, <laughs> <laughs> I will we'll come back. Other pursuits. Yeah. Well, we'll and, come- and, that's, and that's that's making that's making good grades too. I don't know yes. what y'all are thinking about. I'm not. Yeah, I was, that's exactly what I was thinking. Um, Nick, 
Let's go to you, man. You're the youngest one on the show. You're not too much oh. younger than me, but you're the youngest one on the show. I don't know how old you were in 2002, but you were certainly was, old enough to know you were alive. I was eight. Yeah. Okay. Do you recall anything about Jason X? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember um, I remember seeing the poster outside the theater. Um, I remember... My buddy Tommy, who I've you know I've told you guys that he's Pizzle's doppelganger, like he's and he's a Friday the Thirteenth guy too, so it's crazy. He was super excited for it. He actually went and saw it in theaters because he's a couple years older than me, so he was like twelve at the time. I remember there was hype, you know, because one of my best friends was so excited about it, and he saw it and he talked it up. Oh, dude, it's awesome! You get like the Terminator Jason. Like it's insane. And I was like, oh man, I can't wait. And um, he rented it and then never returned it. So he owned it. Um, <laughs> and uh, I probably saw the movie for the first time when I was nine or 10, like right when it came out uh, and, you know, physical media. And when I tell you we wore that disc out, we wore it out. I mean, we watched it every time I went to their house. And as a kid, dude, I'm on cloud nine. I think that Uber Jason is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I laugh my ass off at the, uh, you know, simulation with the uh, girls in the sleeping bags, just getting murdered up against the trees. It was like the funniest thing from my childhood. Um, always thought, you know, the Android with the nipples falling off was weird, but I laughed when I was a kid. Um, dude, I, I loved the movie. I loved the movie so much. Um, and then, as I got older, I got really critical of it. And I think that was just, I don't know, the pressure of the horror community maybe coming down to me like, oh, no, everyone hates Jason X. Like, if you, if you like Jason X, like, dude, do you even know horror? Um, so then I got overly critical on it. And then over the last few years, I've been like, I don't know why I was so cold to this movie, you know, midway through my life. Because I, I really love the movie. I've, I've listened to, I've been watching Piz since he started, you know, damn near over 10 years I've been watching his videos back when it was him blurry camera and, you know, it was blurry. He wasn't using a mic. It sounded like there was always a fan on in the background and he had the short hair and everything. Yeah. Yep. And I remember many videos of him talking about Jason X and uh, I felt like I shared the same, like, he's like, you know, the set pieces. No, the, the CGI. No, Uber Jason. Great idea. Not realized like it should have been, but it always came back to, but damn, if I don't have a good time when I watch this movie, like I just do, I don't know. It has one of my favorite kills in the franchise too, with the dry ice and the smash mm. in the face. That's, that's awesome. So um, yes, to, to cut my rambling short, uh, I remember the hype. I saw it right when it came out on, on DVD and I wore that thing out and uh, I still have an affinity for the movie all these years later, you know, nostalgia and dude, it's just fun. Just fun. I'm not going into it like, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, Ebert and Roper. Okay, I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I didn't go into Jason X like that. I mean, if you go into it like that, you're not gonna have a fun time. But yeah, it was fun. I'll uh, I'll I'll get over real quick. I this is one of my favorite memories. So in 1999 or 2000, you know, at the time, Scream was so massive in pop culture, and every year for Halloween in my neighborhood, I would see at least with, with, with every group of people, there'd be at least two ghost face kids. I mean, it was so big. So when scream three came out, 
I was a kid, but I begged my mom to let me go see the Scream movie. I, and I, to me, it was Scream. It wasn't Scream 3. It was just Scream. She let me go. And I, I, I was scared as a kid, but I, I managed very well. And I didn't have nightmares or anything. So I, I was loving going to the theater at this point. And then all of a sudden, I remember seeing... We would go to the theater to see the Rugrats movie or what have you. And I remember seeing Jason X on the wall and the cool thing about this movie theater in, in St. Bernard Parish down in, in Chalmette was it was a tunnel theater. So the lobby is just this long thing and they had the movie posters. It seemed as a kid, like they were 30 feet in the air and they were these mm. gigantic bus shelter posters and you, they were, they were so high up. They seemed like these, like these amazing things. And I'll never forget seeing this, this big Jason X poster massive with these glowing lights all around it. I begged my mom. I said, mom, can we see that? And she goes, well, it's not out yet. And I said, can we please see it when it comes out? She goes, you get good grades. You will take, I'll take you to see it. Jason X was my first Friday, the 13th movie I got to see in the theater. And as a kid, it scared the crap out of me. I was shaking in the theater. My mom was like, let's go, son. I was like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Because Jason's, I mean, he's, he is, a, especially for a kid, Kane Hodder is, is a intimidating looking dude in this movie, especially pre-Uber Jason, because like he had a little bit of humanity on a, like he had skin tone and stuff. And I'll never forget when he's chained up in the beginning and his, he gets that grip because he's pissed because that dude throws the rag on him. I was like, oh my God, I was shaking. But it was the most expensive looking movie to me as a kid. It was the most serious movie. There was nothing funny about Jason X for <laughs> as a kid. And it was one of the scariest things ever. I do remember, though, there was no one in the theater. It was a Saturday at like two o'clock or something. And there were maybe like 15 people there. And I never understood why. I'd never seen an empty theater before in my life. I had been going to the movies fairly often for the past four or five years. I'd never been to a theater that didn't have people in it. It wasn't until years later I learned why. But it was the scariest movie theater experience of my life. I had nightmares for not, for the days. I had to go sleep in my mom's bedroom. And she didn't let me go see any horror movies for a while in the theater. It wasn't for a while. And subsequently, she did not let me see Freddy versus Jason in the theater because of Jason X. Which I'll we'll get into that, but uh, that's my memory. So a very awesome memory of seeing that just gigantic bus shelter style Jason X poster with these glowing lights around it. It was the most amazing thing I've ever seen as a kid. But yeah, that, that's the memory of Jason X for me. Good times and my first theater experience with Jason. Hmm. Go ahead, Piz. Um, I you know around this time. I was hanging out a lot on like different horror movie websites and message boards and stuff. And um, I remember pictures leaking from the set of Jason X. And I remember looking at those pictures and one of the pictures was of Uber Jason. So, I mean, the Uber Jason design got out really quickly. Um, and uh, the the idea was for that design once you know when when it appears on screen to be the first time you see it. But of course, you know it was on the poster, it was on the trailer, it was everywhere long before. Um, but like even then, I remember looking at those pictures, going, "Something's weird. Something's off about this. Something's weird about this. I don't know." Just I, uh. and then of course it got shelved, and then of course it got leaked. 
and I got a bootleg of it. I don't remember who sent me a bootleg. I don't remember. I just remember the VHS tape with Jason X written on the spine. And I watched it. And the first time I watched it, I had a great time with it. I really did. I had fun with it. Um, I got the humor. I got the silliness. Um, uh, yeah, it, it, it was it was the weirdest movie because, I mean, it, it sat on the shelf for like over a year. And when they finally went to release it, the only place I saw trailers for it was on like WWE Raw. So clearly they were going, our only audience for this movie are the same people who watch wrestling. That's it. I didn't see any trailers. I didn't see any TV spots for Jason X anywhere else except on like WWE Raw. And um, so, yeah, the movie came out and it absolutely tanked. Um, I did see it, year, you know, once it came out on DVD, I got to watch the DVD version, which was much better quality than the, the bootleg. But the bootlegs was surprisingly pretty darn good quality for a VHS bootleg. Uh, some of the special effects weren't quite... Uh, rendered, I guess, or, or, prefer, or I, I don't know. Some of the special effects on the bootleg weren't that great. Um, but um, yeah, so I mean, I over the years, my opinion of it kind of goes up and goes down. I mean, I, I think that movie to me just, it looks so cheap. It's like they, they threw 25 cents at the thing. They were like, okay, you're going to shoot this on the, you know, one of those cheap sci-fi sci-fi network canadian sci-fi shows you know when they're in their off season that's when you go in there and you shoot you shoot on their sets <laughs> we're not going to build you sets you just shoot on their sets and um it just yeah it just looked so low rent to me um and and, and you know and, and talking to todd farmer about it like yeah he's like they they gave us they gave us nothing you know and they tweaked the script. They wanted script changes. They they were constantly, you know, wanting him to downgrade it. Um, and that's the Jason X that we got. And I mean, I'm I'm cool with the movie. Um, it's it's in my it's not in my top five, but um, there's a lot of things to like about it. The sense of humor is good. There's some great kills in it. You mentioned the salad face woman and like the guy who gets knocked on the screw and he slowly spins around mm -hmm. the screw. That's a great kill. Um, the, the scene where Jason goes on the, whatever the, the, the thing is that, that, that creates this, you know, vision of crystal Lake in the eighties. And you've got the, the two girls in the eighties and he's beating one with on the inside the, uh, the, the sleeping bag, all that stuff is just great, great fun. And I mean, you, you, you watch that movie and you just wonder like, you know, what if they did put some money behind it? What if they did put a little more time behind it? You know, it could have been a really kick-ass movie. Cause I mean, what, Todd Farmer wanted alien, but with Jason yeah. instead of a xenomorph. It's just disheartening, I'm sure, for the cast and crew because New Line, they didn't care at all. They wanted Freddy versus Jason. Um, so they were basically just like, yeah, okay, pump this movie out, whatever. Like, don't let it mess with the Freddy versus Jason thing that's coming. You guys want to make it fine, whatever. We don't care. But they didn't put any effort into it at all. And it's, you know, it's a disservice to Jason because Uber Jason, 
could have been so much better with maybe mm -hmm. you know a couple million more on that budget. Like it could have it could have really been so much better. Um, but it's yeah, so it's a bummer that that's how things went because they were just building up for Freddy. You know, they didn't yeah. care about the movie, and it showed. It was like they gave them the green light to go do it. It was a negative pickup, but they gave them the 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 money to go do it. But then once it was done, they were just like, eh, we'll just put this somewhere for, uh, we'll get to it eventually. Yeah. And then they and, only uh, put it out, if I'm not mistaken, because they, of the impending Freddy versus Jason. So they were like, well, we've had this shelved for a year and a half. It's already been leaking. Let's mm -hmm. just put it in theaters let's and just throw it out. People yeah. forget about it real quick. Yeah. yeah. On, on the Jason X making of on the Scream Factory set, which I do think that the Jason X is actually the best disc on that set because they got some great interviews. Mm -hmm. uh, Sean had actually I think it was Todd or Sean one of the two said that Mike DeLuca was a big supporter of Jason X at New Line mm -hmm. and then at the ending of filming he got canned and so mm -hmm. it was a movie with no uh, there was nobody championing the movie so there it was a whole new you know round table of, of, of uh, lead guys at the studio and nobody cared about it yeah. you know I do think getting it out a little bit earlier would have been more helpful benefit for financially but you know i still think when you really look at the film and hear how it's explained i don't know went into great detail they did that film you know on at another studio with another crew would almost probably cost eight million but they were so diligent at making sure everything was so pre-prepped to, to do it as cheap as possible i can't look at jason x as a as a you know, uh, what could have been, I look at it as look what they did with no money. I really mm. do. I, I think it's actually a really, I, this is a hot take maybe, but I actually think Jason X with, with, with the exception of maybe the remake, I actually think it aged the best because it is a space movie that doesn't take itself seriously. And space movies don't really age. You can always go watch Leprechaun four or, you can always go watch, you know, Hellraiser four, and they have that weird space feel that I, I you know, I love Jason X, uh, and I did have the negative opinion for a long time because I did feel the pressure from the fan base, um, and it would always be a movie that when my brother would come over, he would like, let's watch Jason X, and I was like, yeah, man, I love Jason X, so uh, I, I have a lot of fond memories, and the more I learned about it subsequently, I, I, I liked it even more. Because they mm -hmm. really did have their back against the wall. So I, I give all those guys, especially Sean, credit. Sean was, I think Jason X was one of the first movies to be filmed. Uh, what, I think what Sean did was the movie was shot on 35 mil. And they were at the forefront of the technology of that film to actually digitize that 35 millimeter print to send to the effects team. So they didn't, they saved 75 grand because they never printed any negatives of the film they, they 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 digitized everything and this was in the early 2000s it's a fascinating the documentary if you want to see it it's i'll leave a link in the comment section from the special features it's actually on youtube and they talk in great detail about all the forward thinking they were doing it's actually quite incredible so i got i got nothing but love for jason x mm -hmm. you know i think it's awesome but it's only setting the stage for what was about to come Freddy versus Jason. Um, let's start with you this time, Piz. You had to have been very excited for Freddy versus Jason. Um, 
I, I remember being excited, but I don't remember being like, you know, oh my God, you know, finally it's, you know, I don't remember being like, you know what I mean? Like seething and like, you know, like, a, like a, I've got to go watch this thing opening night. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I got to go watch it. It was the, it, it's, it's gotta be the, the biggest event film in horror history. Um, and, uh, let's see, when did I see, I think I saw it. I think I saw it opening weekend, but like, it was like a, maybe a on Sunday night. Oh no, actually I do remember. Freddy versus Jason is the only movie that I was, I've ever been turned away from the theater because the theater was sold out. The only time I've ever been turned away from a theater because they were sold out was Freddy versus Jason. Wow. So I don't remember if, if that was like on a Friday night and I went on Sunday or if I'd gone, I went, I went early into that movie's release, but like, the night that I wanted to go and see it, it was sold out. The first night I wanted to see it, it was sold out. That's never happened to me since with the movie. Um, and even when I did go and see it, it was still packed. It was. Yeah. So that movie was an enormous success. What's funny though, is like, I don't, it's kind of, I, I think about Freddie versus Jason is kind of like uh, the new metal version of a um well first off freddy versus jason's more of a freddy movie to me than a jason movie and when i think about it i think of it the same way i think of new metal like in the late 90s and early 2000s it was huge everybody was listening to it everybody was buying those records but by the mid 2000s and the late 2000s nobody was admitting to it so there was a lot of people at that time who was loving Freddy versus Jason, who just a few years after that were going, Oh, that movie sucked. No, it's a piece of crap. No, no, no. At the time though, they were loving Freddy versus Jason. Um, I always really disliked this movie. I hated the way that it treated Jason. I hated the humor. Um, Ken Kersinger is Jason to me, nothing against Ken Kersinger, but I mean, God, he is just so stiff and wooden and, and uh, but that's what Ronnie, you wanted. I don't know why they pushed so hard for Ronnie, you to direct that when he admittedly said, oh, I've only seen the first of both movies. And even then, I think I, I, I've heard him say that he'd only seen like the first, the first nightmare, not even the first Friday, the 13th. Then he so why? And when yeah, he like called him out, and he was like, "No, no, I've seen them all. No, no, you haven't." Yeah, no, you haven't. No, no. So I, why they were so dead set on getting him to direct Freddy versus Jason? No clue. He would have been the last person I'd want to do. I mean, the 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 first question in the interview for those directors should be: So, how many of the Friday the Thirteenth and Not Round Elm Street movies have you seen? Uh, one or two. Next. That should have been the first question. Um, so I, 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 I've always really disliked that movie for a number of reasons. I just, I just don't think it's, I just think it's, it's just not a good movie and I, and it's, it's, it's aged horribly, horribly, yes. yes, horribly. Who was the other director in the running? Wasn't there another director in the running, but they really wanted you a number. There was a number of them, but one yeah, of the notable was... ones was Rob Bottin, who's a special effects guy. Um, but I don't know that he would have been, I don't know that anybody would have been, I really think the timing just wasn't, 
I say the timing wasn't right. I would have much preferred this film to come out in like '95. I really, mm-hmm. I, I would have rather it been more of like a '90s, you know. Yeah, because this was post Jason Goes to Hell, Jason X, which neither one was very well received, and then what? Freddy's Dead and New Nightmare. So neither franchise was really on the upswing nor was either antagonist really being taken all that seriously lately. Mm -hmm. So it was almost like maybe there wasn't a good time for this in in actuality, but I mean, I I think they went with you probably just because of bride of Chucky. That's the only thing I can think of. It it was bride of Chucky and um, Stancy Stokes, who was one of the producers on the film. She was in love with um, another movie he'd done called, um, I think it was the bride with white hair. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. She was in love with that movie and she thought for some reason she looked at that movie and thought Freddie versus Jason. Of course. I, I, I think there's another evil culprit behind kicking off Kane Hodder in this. And his name is Jeff Katz. And I can't stand his mm. existence on this planet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but. First of all, the guy, if you don't know who I'm talking about, if you're listening to this and you don't know who I'm talking about, pull up the uh, Never Sleep Again documentary. Pull up the His Name Was Jason documentary. The guy who talks way too fast and says ultimately with every sentence. But ultimately, Jason, he was too slow. Ultimately, what it boiled down to is this. Ultimately, this. He did not want he did not want Kane Hodder in that movie either. And he was. I give him credit. He he talked about how he read a script in the 90s, one of the first scripts for the movie. And he's like, I got to get myself the new line. I want to work on this movie. I respect the hell out of that. But getting rid of Kane Hodder, I, you'll never get me to understand that. Don't tell me he's too. He's not tall enough, for God's sakes. Are you kidding me? They they wanted to make Jason the sympathetic character. You've got, you've got a bunch of human characters, make them the sympathetic characters. Jason is not a sympathetic. I mean, Jason is kind of a sympathetic character, but he shouldn't be the sympathetic character in Freddy versus Jason. I mean, that was just a horrible, that's just one of many horrible ideas that they came up with for this movie. Jason being afraid of water is another tremendously horrible idea. Um, God, I really think because it was, a new line cinema movie. They were going to make Freddy. I guess, look, it's not my favorite. It's not my favorite. I, I actually, I do think Freddy Robert's always good. Whether the movies are, whether the movies are, you know, high praise or not, you, you can't, you can't watch dream child or anything and still say that Robert's not great. Robert is fantastic. And I still think he's great in Freddy versus Jason. Um, I think he's got some funny lines in Freddy versus Jason. I think the makeup's pretty, pretty good on him. It almost looks a little too smooth for my liking, quite honestly. Yeah, it always bothered me. You know, I don't know who did his makeup on that movie, but it's still, it's Robert freaking England. I, you know, but real quick, I'll just say this. Because of Jason X, I I never, my mom refused to take me to see this in the theater because Jason X scared the hell out of me. But I'll never forget my uncle. He is the world's worst at spoiling movies. And this was pre YouTube. <laughs> I would go every Tuesday. I would go to my grandma's house, my mom's mom on our, her side of the family. We'd go to my grandma's house for Tuesdays and eat dinner. And this is where my uncle would say, Bubba, he called me Bubba. Bubba, I saw Freddy versus Jason. Oh, man. Oh, man. And like Piss said, dude, everybody, I can understand it, man. It, it's an event. And not only that, it's a special once in a lifetime event. 
I mean, there yeah. are there are going to be millions of people that live on this earth, but only a certain times a per- period of time where a certain amount of people will be able to see Freddy versus Jason. I get that. And he was like, oh, Bubba, man. Oh, man. I tell you, Bubba, Freddy, man, he's great. Jason's big. Dude, you ain't, I ain't going to tell you who wins, but just know when you when it's over, it ain't really over. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just like, oh, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I don't want to know. And my mom would be like, Mark, stop it, Mark. Don't tell the kid who wins. He's going to be upset. Because as a kid, I was a Jason guy. I was not a Freddy kid at all. I didn't see, but maybe pieces of some of the movies. And even then, even though I'd only seen Jason X, still, I was a Jason kid. Mm. So I was bet I knew Jason was going to kick his ass as a kid. But when I subsequently did see the film a few years later, to be honest with you, I loved it. I really did. But uh, again, I, it was probably 2004, 2005. This was right before Katrina. I know that. So uh, I at the time, like you said, I was still listening to a lot of new metal. Il Nino. uh I still love them to be quite honest with you. Uh, but biscuit, all that stuff. I remember, I remember Lincoln Park. I, Lincoln Park I, I remember being a big limp biscuit fan. I remember when Wes Borland quit as a kid, finding that I was devastated, but I did like that album. They did the, the green album. I forgot the name of it. I'll eat you alive. Love that album. But, uh, I remember as a kid, I, I did love it. I did love it. Uh, but you know, I really, got started getting to where I would kind of just want to watch the final battle between the two because it's cartoonish, but it's still really kind of, it's still really fun. Yeah. I, you know, seeing him, Freddie, uh, cut open the whoosh, air tanks and hitting Jason and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I, when I look on it now, man, Kane Hodder would have been a nightmare on set of that movie. And I'll tell you why, because Kane Hodder would have been on set and said, Jason's not a pussy. He would he wouldn't let that happen to him. An air tank's not stopping Jason or this. And I think that might have because <sighs> Jim Jim Isaac will tell you. Rest in peace to the great Jim Isaac. But uh, Jim Isaac has stated in interviews on set, Kane Hodder would stop, take his mask off, and say Jason wouldn't do that. Yeah, that could have been a serious thing. That that could have very well been one of the big reasons why. Because I mean, I don't. I mean, can you imagine? Them, Ronnie, you going okay, Kane. Now you're scared by water, and Ronnie and Kane going, "Are you effing serious?" Yeah. <laughs> have, you, have you ever have you ever seen any of these movies? He only gets in water every movie. But yeah, yeah. It's fine. He swam the Atlantic for God's sake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean he, that that would have that would not have gone over well. Um, no. or like you know, okay, so um, they're gonna they're gonna sh- they're gonna they're gonna trank you, and you're gonna pass out from these tranks mask goes up jason's gonna pass out from tranks you know what i mean like there's just so much like wait a minute you're he's gonna hit me with a air canister and i'm gonna go flying through the air like a looney tune no jason wouldn't do that bro that's what i'm saying jason would have stopped the i mean when you really break it down and look i am a freddy guy but if you really break it down the jason from jason x uber or pre-uber would have beat the living crap out of Freddy in that movie. It wouldn't have even been, it wouldn't have even been a fight. To be honest with you, I think Freddy was way smarter than Freddy versus Jason in the movie that we got. And I, I think they almost had to ham it up a, just a little just to make F- Jason. He was slow, lanky. Freddy, 
that you can't even kill Freddy to begin with. Number one, he just goes back into dreamland, but it's such piss poor decision making. I mean, I can understand not using Kane, but at the same time, how about just do the script that those two boys made originally that said, this is not the movie we had in mind. I mean, they changed that script more than God knows what. Yeah. I think they've, they've, they've not, you know, they've not disowned themselves of it, but they've been very vocal about it. Yeah. That's, they changed a lot. Yeah. They changed a lot. Nick, you got any final thoughts on Freddy vs. Jason? Yeah, man. I mean, I remember, I remember how big of an event movie it was. You know, I was ten, um, so like, I was very aware of the the chatter and the hoopla, and I actually tried to get my mom to let me see this, and she wouldn't. So I didn't catch it till it came out uh, later that year, and we rented it actually as a family, not really a family movie um, <laughs> with your mother and younger siblings, but. Um, I mean, the closest I can compare in my lifetime since I've been an adult, let's say, to the hoobla of a horror movie was probably like The Conjuring, uh, Halloween 2018, you know, what not talking in quality or anything like that, but just how much the horror community was like looking forward to something that was like a really big deal. Like even casual people were like, I haven't seen half of these movies. I'm going to go see this one. This is a big Mm -hmm. deal. So I remember Mm -hmm. all that. But I'm in the same camp as Piz. I've never liked it. I mean, I've never liked it. Um, I mean, Jason's a pussy in it. Um, he, he doesn't look right. He doesn't act right. He, you know, you said Robert's great. You know, he's always great. Uh, but even then, I feel like the script is just, they don't give him a lot of like your classic Freddy moments. Like, I I don't know. There's just, I there's a lot about one it. Person. I think he actually yeah. has one kill. It's his in movie. The movie. Yeah, and it, it it really is his movie, and I don't, I don't even think that's really up for debate. To be honest with you, I mean the movie is so tailor made. The movie is introduced by Freddy. Yeah, right. he gives Jason a reason to go after yeah. people. Like it's yeah. Freddy's the one pulling the strings here. But I mean, I just I've just never liked it. And I actually rewatched it about a month ago, and I think I texted you about it. I'm trying to remember, but I was like, my God, that is as bad as I remember it being, and. It, it's just bad. It's just bad. And I don't know if there was, like you said, if there was ever a right time for this movie to come out, I really don't know, but it wasn't when it came out. It um, may not have been the right time. And it wasn't with the team that, that did it. Uh, it yeah. just, I don't know. I mean, everybody wanted a sequel and, you know, I would have been down for a sequel, almost like a reboot in a sense of like, let's get a whole new team that knows what they're doing. And, and let's take this a little more seriously, but one of the things I can't stand is the acting. I think the acting's terrible. I mean, it's, is, it's just very bad. And uh, very bad. Kelly Rowland should have never ever been in in this film. Uh, I just nah. I'm I'm not a fan. I think it's actually my least favorite. Yeah, I would say it's my least favorite. Yeah, of both franchises. I I just don't like it. I think it's mine too, but I still it's, like Freddy in the movie. Just gonna make yeah, that clear. But it's just overall, it's just blasphemous, I feel like, to both characters. And I just, when you watch it, you get through with it, you're not like, that was awesome. You're like, why did they have to do them like that? Like, I don't know. But you know what? I mean, that movie, that movie's success, they could have built so much off of that movie's success. Because the success of Freddy versus Jason put both Freddy and Jason back on the map in a big way. They could have done individual they could have done more 
Jason movies, more Freddy movies, and then eventually bring them back together for Freddy versus Jason too. They had, there was so much potential there. That was the thing that I liked about Freddy versus Jason being such a, such a success is that it, the possibilities were limitless. It seemed like at the time. And then the remake thing happened. Well, that's and, what I remember with Rob Zombie's Halloween. For better or worse, it made a lot of money and it got people talking about Michael Myers again. And I was like, cool, this guy can come back. We can get new movies. And it seems like a lot of these older horror franchises, when they do well like that, they're almost kind of like, oh, we didn't have a plan after this. You guys want more? We didn't expect to make this much money. And then nothing happens. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. As bad as as bad as Freddy versus Jason is, I think of it kind of in the same vein as I do Halloween Resurrection, where Resurrection did the dirty work of finally taking Laurie Strode out of it. So now Michael Myers can be Buster anything Rhymes we want him to. Bitch. We can <laughs> he he can be anything he wants to be going forward. We can do anything with him going forward. You know, all the baggage is gone, and then oh, we'll just remake the, the same thing with with Freddy versus Jason. We can do we can make all these new Freddy movies, all these new Jason movies, and eventually bring them back together for more Freddy versus Jason movies. And they go, oh, let's just remake both of them. I mean, the world building possibilities were endless. You had finally merged the two of them. You could do mm -hmm. anything. And mm -hmm. it, yep. Nope. Just nothing. Nothing. It's completely could, squandered. Imagine if the movie would have been more of, uh, you know, Jason made his Jason left Crystal Lake on his own fruition and he made his way to Elm Street and everybody's taking Hypnosil. So they're not dreaming, but kids are getting killed in their sleep at night. But it's not Freddy. It's Jason breaking into their <laughs> homes and killing everybody. And then eventually Freddy gets pissed off. That's the Kane Hodder movie because Jason's going through the town killing everybody. And so Freddy gets pissed because he's taking away all his potential victims. And so Freddy's like, I'm going to, I'm going to fight you and I'm going to kill you. And then yeah, and Jane Hodder is going to. A little moment like that. One of the parts of the, the Freddy versus Jason that I do like is when he kills that girl in the field and Freddy's mm -hmm. like, she was mine. Like, and yeah. he's pissed off about that. I was pissed yeah. off too. Cause you get, you get a great little, you know, boiler Classic room. Boiler yeah. Room. yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's like, he didn't even get to kill her. Like, oh man. There, you, there's, you, 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 I think you've really nailed it was the just the wrong even though the movie made a ton of money it was the wrong time it was too close to the remake era if it had been even two years three years before it came out we may have got those other freddie and jason movies but because it hit so close to you know when the remake started happening that completely derailed it so i, I think you're when you said it came out at the wrong time you're spot on I almost wonder in a perfect world, you know, if New Line and Paramount in the late 80s said, look, we're seven deep with Jason. We're four deep with Freddy. Instead of making a part five, instead of making a part eight, what if we just make hundreds of millions of dollars? Because like, that's, the, that's where it started was the 80s. Imagine that film. Could have been really cool, but yeah. imagine the the two studios trying to fight over which you have to respect the character in this light. You have to respect the character. Oh man, you'd it had cost a fortune in screenplays. Mm. It had been turning yeah. them over left and right, which they were anyway. I think yeah. the the scripting process cost more money than Jason X 
five times over, maybe millions in scripts. I'm they, sure they, spent, they they did spend millions of dollars in scripts. If I'm not mistaken, Freddy versus Jason's budget was almost forty million. It was thirty five, I think, compared to what was Jason X's seven. F- technically, f- technically four million. Okay. It's reported on Wikipedia. I think that Wikipedia says five or seven for Jason X, but then you get to Freddy versus Jason, and I believe it was 35 or 40. Might have even been 45. It was a big budget. Movie. It was a big budget. Yeah, it was a big budget. Doesn't look like it, um, but but it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, but to end on a positive, I do think there are some, a few just entertaining sequences. I do like Jason catching, catching flame in the cornfield and cutting off that fat guy's head. I hated that fat guy. (laughs) I wanted to die so bad. Uh, There are other scenes that don't age well at all. Um, For instance, uh, who's the girl that had the boyfriend that got killed in the bed in the beginning? Uh, She was ginger snap. She was ginger snap. Catherine, Catherine Isabel. Something like that. There's some scenes like, for instance, like, look, I am not the most PC guy in the world. But when I watch this movie, there are a few times where I say, oh, boy, this this doesn't fit in today's world. For instance, (laughs) Catherine Isabel is about to get raped in the Uh Uh cornfield. Then Uh Kelly Rowland drops the F word Uh uh, on Freddy. Mm -hmm. Like that doesn't age well. (laughs) No, you know. So it was the new metal era. (laughs) I like the I like the shot of Freddy's shadow when it's gigantic in the street. I think that that I always liked that when he's trying to get the dude and he's like, I'm not strong enough yet. It's like, but I'll let Jason have a little fun. Like I did like that little scene. That was cool. There's some moments. There's also logistic stuff. I mean, look, if Freddie does something to you while you're asleep, it has effect on you in real life. Kelly Rowland got her nose cut off, but when she wakes up, her nose is fine. Hmm. They tried to justify it. Well, they tried to justify it earlier in the film where Freddie is across the street from uh, uh, the best friend of the boyfriend who got killed, where the dad's like, son, you need to get together. And he's like, my friend just died. Back off, give me some space. Well, when he was asleep, Freddy's across the street, and he stretches his torso and goes through him, and then he makes the notion, I'm not strong enough yet, but I'm getting there. Well, maybe, like, was he not strong enough But he, when he got Kelly? But at the same time, he physically grabbed her nose in the dream and ripped it. So my wife tells me to stop nitpicking but i'm just like well look i'm a big fan so i just you know i would have i would have fixed that or i would have woke had her wake wake up right before he was able to cut her nose or something i don't know i think that falls into the we didn't fully realize the script you know we we didn't really know what we were doing exactly exactly yeah yeah Yeah. well we we've we've gone over freddie versus jason in detail um Piz, let's let you lead us off again. Freddy versus Jason is done. Mm-hmm. Let me mm-hmm. set the stage for you a little bit, and you can pick up the pieces. Uh, the world of horror is changing. We're going to get a little bit of this Asian remake craze happening. we got The Ring coming out. We've got movies like The Grudge doing very well at the box office. And then all of a sudden, Texas Chainsaw remake starts hitting. Halloween, Dawn of the Dead, everything's getting remade. And this is 2003, 4, 5. You got to be thinking, J- Jason's probably about to get remade. Am I right? Yeah, there was um, uh, there was no doubt that it was. I think everybody was uh, dreading the news that it was going to happen. Um, the, the big ones that I remember, the, the, the two most dreaded, 
were Friday the 13th and Halloween. Those were the two most dreaded. Like everybody was waiting, just, you know, but you knew it was going to happen because Chainsaw had been such a huge hit. Dawn of the Dead had been such a huge hit. So it was just like, okay, every old horror property that's got any kind of name recognition, we're going after. And those were two of the biggest. So it was only going to be a matter of time. So let's kind of start setting the stage. You go through, you're well documented. Halloween was not, was not what you wanted it to be. Did not like that, but let's real quick, Texas Chainsaw. Pretty good experience, huh? Yeah. Texas Chainsaw was a very good experience. That was one. I mean, I, before like the, the remake thing was like as hated as it was. I mean, like they're, they're remaking Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which to me is, you know, hallowed ground. And, um, so, I mean, I thought the trailer looked good, went into the theater with an open mind and that movie was way better than it had any business being, um, as remakes go, I think it's one of the better ones from that era. There's no doubt about that. I, I don't think it's aged that well, but it's still one of the better remakes from that era. No doubt about it. So let's get a little bit closer. It's post Halloween 2007, 2008. You're, you're, I know you said you kind of, as you were coming of age throughout the 90s stuff, you were kind of getting out of horror, just not really getting out of horror, but just living your life. It didn't consume right. you. Right. Where are we at at this point? This is in a, in a YouTube world. How, you know, I, you know, you started around 2009, I believe. You're back into the horror in a full swing at this point, and you're, you know, you're probably hyper aware of the first time you start hearing about this movie, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yep. I mean, I, I remember hearing the announcement that it was going to happen, that it was platinum dunes. Everybody loved platinum dunes that, that meant quality right there. But what I remember, what kind of eased my mind a little bit was Marcus Nispel, the same guy who directed the Texas chainsaw remakes directing the Friday, the 13th remake, I like the Texas Chainsaw remake. There was a little bit of hope there. Um, and then, you know, we started seeing photos from the uh, from the film. The The first one that I recall seeing is the one of um, him standing by the, the lake. And like there's, you know, there's Willa Ford in the water and he's standing. He's standing by the lake. You know, that was like the first one that I remember coming out of, of Jason. And I thought the trailer looked good. And I mean, I was like, okay, let's, you know, let's, let's go. Before we get to your thoughts on the movie, Nick, obviously you were hyper aware of everything going on with Halloween at the time, but Friday the 13th had to be right in the rear view for you. Yeah. Similar to Piz. Uh, loved, loved Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, Halloween. Rob Zombie's Halloween being the first one that I saw in theaters. Um, I loved it. I was still on a high. Now it's like way near the bottom of my list. Um, But the high seeing Michael Myers in theaters for the first time as a teenager was awesome. So I was, I was ready. Um, Same with Piz. I saw that photo of him standing right by the lake. Will afford in the water. I thought mirrors looked great. I really thought it looked awesome. I was like, cool. The trailer looked good. It looked like it was going to give you everything that made a good Friday movie up to this point. Um, I was like, okay, you know, let's, let's do it. And 
<laughs> Same with Piz. Nespel. Um, I owned the DVD of Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, 03, one of the first DVDs I personally ever owned in my horror collection. And I wore that thing out. I loved it. Um, so I was, yes, I, I was uh, 15, 15 or 16. So, yeah, I was like, all right, I'm game. Like, let's let's do this. And that's where I was at. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember. I rem- 2009, honestly, was more consumed by me with uh my biggest memory was paranormal activity for the year because of how great of a theater experience that was that was so fun and i think friday came out way earlier in 2009 i saw i remember seeing rob's halloween in theaters and then the next year the big movie event of the year for for me horror wise was the strangers Mm. uh and that was another i remember people running out of the theater for the strangers so uh i i Remember hearing the news about Friday on Facebook face because I, 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 didn't, I didn't know that there were such thing as Friday the 13th franchise dot com and Jason Parker ran websites. I had no idea about any of that kind of stuff yet. So I remember seeing some kind of just just posts about it on Facebook. I was like, oh, God, they're finally doing it. And I I, I had no idea about that director. I had no idea about who was playing Jason. I really wasn't aware of who any of the Jasons were. So to me, this was just, you know, the remake. And um, I'll I'll take us I'll lead us off. I loved this movie in the theater with a burning passion. I really did. I absolutely loved it. I thought that Jason was a mean son of a bitch in this movie. And I remember going home and looking up who the guy was, Derek Mears, and I was like, dude, he was a beast. Like that's what I'm talking about. Um, my wife hated it. She got to see this for her first movie because she turned. Seventeen, I think, or eighteen, one of the two. I forgot which. How old you can be to go see R-rated movies? But she hated it, and I asked her why uh, a couple years after we met because we had this conversation, and she says, "You sell me a movie called Friday the Thirteenth, and it's not about Pamela Voorhees. She loves the first movie. Mm-hmm. She could take or leave the entire series. She loves Pamela Voorhees. Mm-hmm. So she's like, they lied to me. I wanted to move because she hadn't seen the trailer or nothing. She goes, I went to go see Pamela Voorhees, and I, I got it for." eight seconds so she hates the movie (laughs) but i loved the theater experience of this movie revisit and i'll I'll lead us off but like revisits of the movie uh i started to to notice you know what i think i like the cast in the very beginning of the movie even more those guys were funny they had personality when you do something simple like having one of the actors dancing listening to sister christian that is the most relatable thing in the world to me because I love that band. I love Night Ranger. So like that was always my favorite character. He's going through the woods, got his Walkman, and he's jamming Sister Christian. That is so relatable to me. I fell in love with this guy. I was like, this is me. And if I was in this movie, um, they the kids seemed way more dangerous. And they seemed much more in tune with the 80s Friday the 13th movies as opposed to what we got you know, after what I thought was one of the best opening title opening sequences in a in any of those horror remakes, quite frankly, and uh, I don't think they're terrible. I like Jared Padalecki, but I'm also willing to admit that because I'm a big supernatural fan, I may be glossing over not necessarily his performance, but uh, I think that movie got really restrained with making everybody toe a, a certain line. The script for those characters seems like it was computer generated almost. Not necessarily the script, but the way it plays out. 
It's so straight and narrow. Jerk, funny guy, misunderstood, good guy, good girl. And it's it's way too clean. Those characters mm-hmm. are just way too clean. Nobody mm-hmm. has that those weird quirks like Crispin Glover or or even Teddy or anybody from part four, quite frankly. You know, the 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 promiscuous girl but she still has feelings too and you want to you want to you know she she gets her feelings hurt if she she sees her boyfriend is messing with somebody else even though she's the wild one just those kinds of things that four did so well this one didn't do that with those characters but i think Derek mears is amazing i still do mm-hmm. i used to have a big problem with him taking a prisoner but i don't think that that's really out of line for him as a character almost he thinks it was his mom I mean, so yeah, look at the end of part two, but that you was know, a was big, duped. exactly. But that was a big thing on the internet. And I started to kind of guise my opinion of the remake. I think that the Friday, the 13th remake, even though I, I, it is my favorite of the big three, I don't like the nightmare remake that much. Uh, I'm, I like Rob's, but as Nick, you know, and even Piz, you as well. I think his part two was what, people kind of maybe expected i don't know about wanted i loved part two but way more than what i like from part one but i think that the friday the 13th remake is the least offensive of all of them i really do mm. maybe an unpo- maybe an unpopular opinion but i i think it's got i think it's got good elements to it we could have it could we could have dirtied the waters a little bit on it and made it not so clean but jason's great in that movie i love Derek mears terrible ending way too cliche Mm-hmm. but I'm nitpicking at this point, I guess, but I, I actually think that the remake is the least offensive out of all of, but to keeping Texas Chainsaw away from it, the big three, I think Friday the 13th remake is the least offensive out of all three of them. And that's, that's my retrospective. I would, yeah, I would have to agree. I would have to agree of the big three leave chainsaw out. Friday the 13th is just by far the best. Do you remember your initial takeaway from the film? I remember going to watch the movie. It was uh, the very first Friday afternoon matinee. I think I left out of work or skipped out of work early, went and watched it all by myself. Um, And um, it was one of those movies where I went into it excited. And then around the halfway mark, I kind of got hit with the realization that mm, it's just not going to be that good. And I remember walking out of the theater being disappointed with it. And I do have issues with the movie. Like you said, it, it seems way too kind of cut and dry as far as the characters. And like you've got every token horror cliche character in that movie to the point where they're making jokes about how token they are. Um, but Derek Mears, Derek Mears is a great Jason. That's the one thing that I think everybody can agree on with that movie. Derek Mears is a great Jason. The opening of the movie with the kids looking for the pot. Awesome. Awesome. Tater, the, the tater sack pre-credit sequence. Awesome. Uh, vicious Jason. When he puts the girl in the sleeping bag and puts her under the fire. Ooh, God. Favorite kill oh. in the whole franchise. Brutal. Brutal. Oh. Yeah, just oh my god, what a way to go! What a way to go! Um, and like when he runs up on the guy, and and puts the machete in his 
forehead. Oh, just, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Like, and, and it was like, oh, God, J- Jason's running again. Jason seems athletic again. Jason's, you know, I, I, I dug that. I dug that. Um, the characters I thought were really weak. Didn't care. Be, after those characters, the ones that we got in the main, in the A storyline, could care less about any of them. I thought they were really just weak characters. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I think Friday, I think the Friday the 13th remake may be one of the remakes that has actually aged a little bit better than some of the other ones. Um, Marcus Nispel, <laughs> he, um, he directed most of that movie in protest and you can tell, I think, cause it, it just kind of seems like the, the energy that was in that pre-credit sequence with the tater sack, Jason, by the time you get to, there's a point in that movie where the, the energy's gone and it's just kind of like, you know, I don't know. The energy I, just dies. And, and like, you can tell this bell just didn't care anymore. And um, they try to, they try to speed it up in the editing process, but there's just not much there to, to give it. There's just, there's just not a lot there. There's not a lot to the Friday, the 13th remake also, which I think, is is a good thing and a bad thing because i mean they didn't they didn't overthink it but i think they kind of they 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 just thought ah we'll put a bunch of people and jason will kill them and everybody will go yay um but what were you gonna say christian i was gonna say it, it almost seems like the beginning of it was marcus saying that was great but hey look just just give give me something else real quick for this and by the by the time the new cast gets to the house it was just do the script and let's go if that's the case, like he's an, he's an, he's a, he's a, this bill I've discovered from talking to people. He's, he was a very weird guy. Um, I, I, weird may not be the right thing. Very difficult guy. Um, he apparently had an entire manifesto, um, where if you hired him to direct your movie, you had, he gave you a list of things that you had to do. To, to follow that everyone on the set had to follow like a rider. Don't look Marcus in the eyes. Don't ask Marcus about this. Don't ask Marcus about that. Don't bother Marcus when he's doing this, you know, like who is this dude? He's like a total diva. You know what I mean? And, um, apparently something got under his crawl and he directed most of that movie in, in, in protest. So I think the fact that it is as good as it is, is, you know, kind of a, kind of a miracle, but you can tell there's just, there's, there's a point in that movie where it just seems like all the steam goes out of it. All the energy is gone. Yeah. Nick, what about you? Uh, I, I saw it in theaters. I saw it opening weekend, but it was like a Sunday daytime showing, um, with my buddy, Tommy. Uh, Cause you know, he was over the moon about it. This is his franchise. Um, <clears throat> I didn't like it. And like the first 20 minutes in, I was like, Oh, this is going to be awesome. This is like, this is going to be awesome. And uh, I hate all the characters <laughs> that the, the movie gives you after the first 15 minutes. I, I, Padalecki, you, you're not, your bias isn't blinding you. He is a good actor. Um, but in this movie, and he does get some good lines in this movie, especially with his interactions with Trent. Um, but 
I feel like everyone seems like they're just reading off a page uh, when they're mm-hmm. delivering their lines in this movie. It seems very studio, very Hollywood, very, yeah. um, very fake. And um, there's some really dumb decisions made by some of the people in this movie. And like all of that aside, if you gave me the first 15, 20 minutes as the entire film, I mean, this would have been a kick-ass Friday the 13th movie. And you wouldn't find many people that would disagree. Um, but it just, lo- like Piss said, it just lost all of its steam. And it just, this is when Platinum Dunes really started to make the name for themselves that they did not want to make for themselves. Mm. Which is, if Platinum Dunes touched a horror property, you were like, shit. Yeah, it was going to be crap, yeah. Yes. And... And that's, and then you got Nightmare, Platinum Dunes. And, but the biggest thing, the biggest issue with this movie for me is love them or hate them. You know, Texas Chainsaw 03, Halloween 07, very specific feel, very specific vibe that they land. They land what they're going for with the vibe and the feel. What's the vibe for this movie? Like, what's the feel for this movie? Like, it doesn't have character, there's no mm-hmm. personality to it. Um, mm-hmm. It's just too bit. It's just too Hollywood by the numbers, and I just you know what it I is. Re- it's whipped cream with a cherry on top of a glass of water. <laughs> the first part of it is great, and then all, all of a sudden you realize it's water under there. Yeah, yeah. and I rewatched it about a, about two months ago, and I was texting Christian through my rewatch of it, <laughs> and you know I'm complaining about Trent, and he's like, oh, but he's like the best douche like ever. Like that's well, the point. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And, and, and let me say real quick, Nick, I've been watching, as you know, that Netflix show called You. Yes, and he's a douche in it too. Yes. But he is so talented. He plays this. Well, I don't want to spoil it. These The actors in this sh- the movie, I, I would f- probably give them all the benefit of the doubt, especially Trent and Padalecki. They can do anything with the good script. They're talented. And Trent looks like a gladiator still to this day. This dude oh, is, yeah. he is ripped. He actually looks better now with the facial hair and the longer, longer hair. hair. This dude looks like he belongs in like Rome, you know, like hundreds of years ago. Like he and can I'll, fight yeah. two tigers and kill him. And I'll say of all the characters post the, in, the, the, the intro, I do. Th- Trent is my favorite one. He's he is he's, he's got great dirt. he's got some great lines that's for sure he has personality like it's the small what, stuff you yeah. remember when like when some of the like the, the uh the, the 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 ones that were sitting in the back of the SUV were not even in seats they're sitting in the back just kind of like in a fetal position till they open up the hatch when he goes to the gas station he sees them with a bunch of potato chips and snacks he's like all right yeah I'm not paying for that let's go like stuff like that those funny lines that make him defined as a jerk. We needed more of that organic. I'd almost be willing to bet that wasn't be willing to bet that wasn't in the script. I'm not paying for that, like because that's such a small thing. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I don't know, but it felt organic. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, we could have done a little bit better job there. Yeah, and and I think that it's it's crazy because Nispel had a very specific vibe for 2003's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That movie yeah. is gritty. That movie is grimy. That movie mm-hmm. it's dirty. And it feels that way the whole time. Friday's first 15 minutes feel very Friday the 13th. And then it was autopilot. 
from yeah. then on. And I think mm. the movie actually gets worse and worse as it goes on. Like right. I, it's I not agree. just after the first 15 minutes, you're going 10 minutes later. Oh, come on. 10 minutes after that. Okay. What the hell yeah. am I watching? Like it just, I agree. it's not terrible. It's not terrible, but um, yeah, just, it's just soulless. It just doesn't have a soul. And mm. it bothers me because Jason is a character with a lot of character. If, handled right and i just don't think that whether it was a studio whether it wasn't a spell what whoever it was they just they didn't handle it right and it's sad but don't worry we'll get blumhouse this friday the 13th very soon guys thank oh, god i hope yeah. victor miller asks for a billion dollars <laughs> anything uh but I, really quick the last thing before we rank these i i was when i was listening to sean talk about these movies on the actually i think it was the jason x disc where he was talking about the movies and stuff. Sean claimed that when the movie started to be made, uh, Paramount was in production, not Paramount new line was in production. And they like were so, I guess because the deal had been done so long ago, they didn't put anything together about getting the rights from new line or getting this to that. So they started optioning scripts and working on stuff. And all of a sudden lawyers were like, Hey, we paramount's like we still own the title friday the 13th and stuff and he said it was the only time in cinema history that he can think of where two studios agreed to pay and split the profits completely 50 50 so that's pretty cool which makes it even crazier to think what are the odds that, even now with victor miller in 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 and actually it's even crazier because based off of what larry zerner said if it's got Jason, they have to get they have to pay Victor because mm -hmm. ex I used to think, oh, I was to me, it seemed understood. The hockey mask is OK. Adult Jason's OK, but it's not OK because that character is a derivative of the first mm -hmm. movie. So yeah. that makes it even crazier. So that means Blumhouse is gonna, somebody's paying a lot of money for this movie. It's well, going to be Blum. There's nobody the, else that'll do well, it. And the, and the thing is. Victor Miller will Victor Miller will be an easy sell. Sean Cunningham won't be. I mean, Sean Sean Cunningham could hold out, could just hold out until he dies. Very and, well I mean, could. Just just because the lawsuit's over doesn't mean we're going to get a new movie anytime soon. Yeah, they've they've got to they've got to come to an agreement with both Victor and Sean, and Sean could very well just sit on it. Yep, that's the only thing I think though is that the it, it's not that other studios wouldn't want the property it's with the issues between victor and sean and the money it's going to take there's only one studio right now that i think is going to have an offer that even comes close and it's going to blumhouse whether we like it or not blum's got a lot of money and he's going to go to him and say i want to do this and well, he'll he'll offer he'll 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 offer them the same thing that they do with that they've done with carpenter and Lori Str or Jamie Lee Curtis, not just money up front, but lots of money on the, that's where the real money is, is on the back end. So yeah, everybody championed Lori for taking or uh, Jamie Lee for taking the minimum salary for Halloween oh. 2018. Dude, she, she made millions once the well, movie does, came out. I think she also is giving her salary, not not back end, but I think she was giving her salary for the movies to St. Jude's. Yes. So I'm not criticizing her. I'm just saying That's like good. that is one thing we got to take into account. The the initial deal means jack. It's yeah. you know, afterward. So I mean, it's it's going to be a, I mean, it'll have to be a garbage bags full of money, but it'll also be like a, a really good deal where, you know, 
Noel's taken care of for the rest of his life. Noel's kids are taken care of for the rest of their lives, you know, kind of thing. It just seems like Blum wants to run the industry right now. He wants to run the genre and he's got the money to do it. And I think that if he gets his hands on it, we will eventually see Michael and Jason together. I just, I I know, I know, I know, but I really think we will. Blum is all about crossovers. He's talked about Insidious and Sinister eventually crossing over. Happy Death Day and Freaky crossing over. He's all about it. So if he gets Jason, it's a matter of time. I need Lionsgate to rise from the ashes. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Okay, this has been really fun. Let's start wrapping this up. Uh, Nick, I'm going to let you go first. I need you to rank these movies from uh, number one being your favorite of the new line or remake era and number four being your least favorite. Boy, this is going to be controversial. My favorite of these four is Jason X. After that, my you know second would probably be the remake. Then goes to hell, and my least favorite, Freddy versus Jason. Uh, for all the complaints I have about X, goes to hell, and the remake, they all do something that Freddy versus Jason doesn't do. They at least at times respect Jason Voorhees, and so that's how I'm ranking them. Piz, I'll let you go last. Freddy versus Jason's number four. I'm going to bring Jason next. Jason goes to hell at number three. I'm going to put Jason X at number two. I still think there's enough meat on the bone for the remake. We've never agreed on a list. I was really hoping this would be the one. I know. I know. And look, I just ranked these movies and I had the remake higher than Jason X. So I'd feel silly to change it so quick. I love Jason X so much. I don't. I know that I really don't com- there's nothing for me to genuinely complain about because I think I've always said this if you complain way too hard about Jason X well the joke's kind of on you kind of thing right I still think there's enough meat on the bone for the remake for that's one I would show my friends before any of those four movies quite frankly I would show them the remake first so I think there's enough meat on the bone still so I'm like, I I might have the remake at number 1 Piz um, I'm going to go Jason Goes to Hell 1, Jason X 2, the remake 3, and Freddy versus Jason 4. We all Everybody's agree on 4. Different. I just That's cool. Everybody's list is different. Um, what, a, what, a, what a fun... You know, it's not the worst... Obviously, the Paramount era is truly a golden definitive era of 80s horror. Probably the definitive franchise. Most definitive in the world. It's amazing. But honestly, the New Line era, I don't think it's really that bad. I mean, the only one we really didn't really have a whole lot of good to say about, but we still could find moments was Freddy versus Jason. I think it's an, a very bizarre. This this franchise is so bizarre when you look at what happens to Jason and the movies he made. But honestly, like, if there's one franchise I could binge top to bottom, I mean, Nightmare is one of them, but with the exception of the remake, because I don't like the remake at really at all besides Jackie. But Friday is the one that I can go straight through and smile mm-hmm. the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you not smile. Nick. But... No, that's not true. You smile at Resurrection. We were both laughing our asses off. OK, <laughs> no, we had a we had a great time. We and I would say blast. Halloween, too. But honestly, I would smile the hardest for Friday. So 
interesting time. Uh, Nick, first with you, do you have any final thoughts on the new line uh, and new line slash era of J- uh, remake of Jason? Uh, too many cooks in the kitchen. Uh, too much forward thinking to their ultimate goal of Freddy versus Jason uh, that some of the previous movies suffered. Um, but it's the frost. It, it's the house that Freddie built after all. So was it ever really the place for Jason? Maybe not. Um, but I wouldn't say the era is bad. Uh, it's just pales in comparison to, to the, uh, the paramount years. And I find myself watching one through eight far more than I find myself watching anything from the new line era. And uh, just really looking forward to uh, Friday the 13th kills and Friday the 13th ends. <laughs> I would agree. I would agree with that. Piz, do you have any final thoughts on the new line remake era? I'll give, I'll give them this, you know, with the Paramount era, the one, you know, if you're, if you're going to say anything, if you're going to slide those movies any, there was definitely a formula there. And, you know, there were some that were, you know, um, they didn't stray too far from the path, put it that way. Each of the new line Jason movies are very different. Jason goes to hell, Jason X, uh, Freddy versus Jason. Um, those are vastly different films. Um, so, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give them credit. They were trying something different and um, it didn't always work, um, but it made for some interesting films, especially Goes to Hell and Jason X. I mean, those, you don't stray any further from the Paramount path than Jason's a body hopping slug and now Jason's in space. <laughs> yeah, those are two, those are two opposite ends right there yeah how about this oh nick go ahead i think you're about to say something i just want to ask you guys something really quick is jason x the best space horror movie not i I shouldn't say that big franchise like leprechaun or whatever that has gone to space not alien (sighs) i think it's the most enjoyable for me I think it is. I've got a huge soft spot for Hellraiser Bloodline, but only a part of Bloodline takes place in space. Um. So yeah, I mean, I guess yeah, I mean, Jason X would have to be because I mean, what are what are our examples other than Bloodline and? Uh, you have to ask Christian. I don't know. I know the Leprechaun's gone to space. You've got Leprechaun Bloodline. Four is pretty fun. I won't lie to you. <laughs> but um, if you had to pick between the two. Oh, between the two, it's Jason X. It's without yeah. a question. Uh, I'm trying to think of any more. It, I'm sure there may be, but we don't have the time right now to research yeah. them and look. Chuck, you'll sure be in space next year. Yeah. We'll Chuck, you'll be in space soon. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. How about this? I was going to say, this has been really fun. Let's wrap this up. Nick, favorite look of Jason in the New Line remake era? Remake, I think. Uh, it could have been and probably should have been uber jason but budgetary reasons all that type of stuff but i think mirrors is a great jason and i think the look was pretty awesome so cool i'll go remake i am gonna say i i understand the budgets i understand that uber jason is my number one favorite look i love 
Uber Jason. I love the red demon eyes. I love it to death. Uber Jason. I want a bust of Uber Jason. I'm, I'm hoping Piz will eventually make an Uber Jason mask or something. Yeah, you That's have what now, I. Piz. Uber Jason is my. I love it. I think it is so awesome. Uber Jason's far and away from this era. My favorite. Piz, what about you? Oh man, it's either going to be the remake or Jason Goes to Hell. Um, mm, I'm just going to go with the remake. Yeah, safe. That's a safe bet. It's, good, it's a good look for Jason. I like the remake mask. It, it was different from the, the, you know, all the you know another thing too. All the masks in the New Line era were all very different masks too. Yes, they were. So. Mm-hmm. You got to give credit where credit's due. Like Piz said, New Line tried a bunch of stuff. They were throwing everything at the wall, seeing what mm-hmm. stuck. So, you know, yeah. credit there. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this is really fun. Piz, I want to thank you, man, for uh, finishing what we started. You know, yeah. we had to do yeah. the New Line era. Yeah, I was kept fun. asking Christian when we we're going to get Piz back on. Like, glad that it was Friday related. And mm. I'm, I'm very thankful that you came on. Uh, ah, yeah. yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for asking me to come back on to talk about the the new line era it was it was fun yeah i'm sure down the road we'll find something something else fun for you to talk about but uh, this was really cool i hope everybody out there enjoyed going down this uh second half of memory lane with us talking about the biggest franchise ever it's bigger today than it was back then friday the 13th i still think so um but regardless this was really fun thank you all for watching this please let us know uh, what would you like to hear us talk about soon and we will see you all very soon this is the you need a horror podcast and you will you all have a great rest of your day this has been a production of the you need a horror podcast you need it we got it thank you for listening